Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's your girl, Victoria. <clears throat> I'm back again um, with Heal But Scarred. I started this podcast a few years ago just because I'm a person that don't like to talk in front of people. Um, I'm one of those people that I'm I'm better on the one-on-ones with people than being in front of a group of people and speaking. It, it used to make me nervous. I've been past that, but I feel like I still have that niche where I'm better with talking alone in a confined space and then being able to share it with everybody else. But today on Hill But Scarred, um, I'm just still seeing not only so much injustice with my people as an African-American woman, but just the unfair balances in business and loans and how we thought about money as African-American people and the things that really affect us that we really had no idea about from bills and legislation and law and all those different things and how, you know, our money wasn't equally um, put out there like um, Caucasian people, for example, or Asian people, for example, where um, their money was valued more than ours. And if you don't know where you've been you don't know where you're going it all falls back to if you don't have the right people around you the right situations and if you're not knowledgeable or researcher or somebody that's willing to get out there and learn for yourself it's so many avenues and so many things that we miss as people because we not because we're stupid but because we not well versed in certain things we don't know what exists out there and if nobody's ever brought it to our community, it's a little harder to understand something that you just don't know. And I know they say a long time ago when I was a kid, I remember being in um, junior high school and hearing that people hide information in books because African-American people didn't read it. And on this month and talking about black history, which I never understood how you could talk about the history of a people and that helped to build a nation, but they only get one month out of the year to be celebrated when they, 365 days of the year, they're black. And some people don't like to tackle those comments and those conversations, but at the end of the day, when you're an African-American person and you live in a nation and you live in a place that considers you third and fourth class of a citizen and not really a whole person and I remember the time when I read and did studies back biblically when I, before I got my um, Bible degree and master's degree and it, and just all those things before all those things came up. And then I would read certain stories and certain things about history at that time. And it was saying that for some reason, um, Caucasian people didn't even think that black people had a soul, you know? And so for, for that, we were treated so inhumane and so badly and I know we have as a nation and as a place we have evolved in some some ways because we see a lot of biracial couples and you know it's mixed and we in a, a melting pot here and and so much has changed and the Dr. King errors and everything that has happened thus far but at the end of the day it everywhere that it seemed like change has come it still have those moments where the George Floyds of our time and situations that come up right now 
are still affecting us as a nation. Um, we've had, it, it just happened to be at this time during the pandemic, we were able to see George Floyd die the way he did. And the nation was able to watch this for the first time. Caucasian people became more sympathetic to us because they got to see firsthand how this man begs for his life and other situations like it with the Breonna Tellers of this world and with the other young man that I recently read about that had um, been executed, the first 14-year-old young man to be executed. And it's situations like this that should never be, that should never happen. Just, I've just seen so much in this nation and in this world that has been so unfair to African-American people. And at the end of the day, still, we live in this place we dwell in this place. We work in this place. We have armies in this place. And George Steiny being such a young man and being executed at this time, eight minutes of an execution for this young black man. And it's just showing that we in a time where we still got a lot of work to do. We still have a lot that needs to be done. And we still have to keep evolving and growing because a life led still needs to be lived. We still need to be intentional. We still need to be able to voice our opinions. And some of us are so afraid that our bosses on and, and, and other people in our career and where we're going, they don't want to tackle those things because they're afraid they're going to lose business. They're afraid they're going to lose the Caucasian people. They're afraid they're going to lose people of other races by telling the truth. But the truth is the truth, no matter even if they try to press the truth down and remove the truth. The truth is always going to come to the top and a lie always going to be a lie and it's always going to be found out because there is nothing hid from God. And God is a God of justice. God is a God of honor and a God of peace. So if you're walking with him, you have to be just. I don't care if it's a white girl or boy. I don't care if it's a black boy or girl. I don't care if it's a Spanish kid. I don't care what the race of a person is. It's the human race we live in. And the outside coloring of your skin shouldn't make a difference in how you live and how you have your being. Because we should all be here working together to help others and be able to grow people in that place and who we are. And I know I see so many of us, we live in a mentality in a world where we're taught to have that mentality of crabs in a barrel. You know, for a long time, we're African-Americans. And what people don't know is that we're African-Americans when they came here on these boats and they got here to America. The first thing that they did was they put them in separate tribes before they even brought them here where they couldn't communicate with each other. And and imagine being in a place with a Spanish-speaking person and a Chinese-speaking person or an Asian-speaking person or somebody from Israel or somewhere else that y'all all in the same room, but y'all can't communicate with each other. That could be frustrating. It could be daunting. It could be hurting. And this is what happened because tribes that came from Africa, they all spoke in different type of tribal languages. They didn't speak the same language like here in America is English. The people that grew up here and born here, they most of all speak English and they all speak that. But people from other ethnicities are here. So you get to hear them speak when they talk to their children or you get to hear them. And at the end of the day, we're living in a society right now that needs more diversity in every area of our lives, whether it's in the White House, whether it's in politics, whether it's in the doctor's office, whether it's in the lawyer's office. We need more diversity in our schools. We need more diversity in our politicians. We need more diversity 
in our everyday walks in school and life and purpose. Because if we don't have the fair trade and the fair amount of people, how can we ever get equality for every person walking the planet? It's always seeming to be an imbalance of power because you always see the white men or women always it's always 200 of them and then it may be 15 to 20 minorities in certain positions in certain places how can we really evoke change unless the hearts of those people are touched towards other races and not just for my race brown or black people it doesn't it shouldn't matter about your race you should all be given the same opportunities for schooling for education for who you are growing up from a child on up given every resource and every opportunity i know so many places in dc and other areas that don't even have enough books and then you go to other places in fairfax and these other places right here in our backyard where they giving away um laptops they giving away ipads for the kids to be able to go to school but the kids in dc that's african-american they barely get books and pencils and the supplies they need and it's just such an injustice and it makes you pain because we know we live in a rich nation we know we have um billionaires just taking ships up when they could be taking that money and helping other people and i know the bible also talks about that we're gonna have the poor with us always but at the end of the day if you're in a position to help others and to grow others even the very simple minute things you could be even where you're at right now and that may be listening to this podcast even where you sit right now you may not be rich you may not be wealthy but there is something you can do to add value to your community even if it's whether going out and making sandwiches just to give to a few homeless people out to give them blankets or something just to help even if you go into the schools to help some of our children that are struggling right now with mental health just sitting there and being a part of the school system and coming in and encouraging them affirming them letting them know that you know things are happening you may have bullies but we're going to teach you how to be able to stand up and then the bully be able to encourage that bully and let them know whatever you're seeing at home whatever stunting your growth whatever it is that you're seeing with your parents that's not right that's causing you to come here and bully other kids there's an answer for that there's a peace for that. And I know some people are like, well, if they're a bully, whatever happens to them happens. No, they still our children. They still our babies and they learned it somewhere. So we want to minister to them as well. Affirm them and let them know that they don't have to act out in this way. They don't have to be this way, you know. And sometimes us as parents, we fight, we argue, and we do things in front of our kids. And there's an imbalance of power sometimes in the homes with the mom and the dad. And then the kid feels like they don't have a voice. They're not able to talk. And then you find them go to school where they bully another kid that they feel like is weaker than they are. And this is what caused bullying. This is what's causing our babies to kill themselves. And COVID not only affected us as adults and our working and our finances and the things that we do. COVID affected our babies because they wasn't able to go outside. They felt locked up. They felt caged. And then for some of our babies, COVID was a great thing because they were able to stay home from the bully going back to school with the bully was harder for them than anything else and we being parents and worrying about working and making money and that is important it's a vital part of where we live and what we do and being able to sustain our children and making sure they have a place to live and sleep but at the end of the day our children and it's just not a cliche where you used to hear our children are the future yes because whatever we instill in them as parents we send them out there they have to grow with the current time and we have to be truthful with them we have to be honest with them we have to be um on point with in what we're living in right now 
And yes, it's always important to teach our children the past and where they come from and what they had to experience the ancestors before. But right now, what we're living in is a different day and time and age. And we have to teach them for now how to survive. Now how to live. Now how to survive the police. Now. We in our right now. And we have to teach them from here because we in evil days and times where people are killing for no reason. People getting hurt daily. And we have to make our kids wise as serpents but harmless as dove where they're not inflicting pain and hurt on other people but we have to make sure that our children are not the ones that's out there getting hurt and just being in the wrong place at the wrong time can cause that for you and you don't have to be in dc you don't have to be in new york city in a rough area to have this happen to you it can happen to you in a supermarket well do area it doesn't matter your zip code at the end, but some things don't happen in certain dip codes because you gated in your community. Your community has money. Your community has police. Your community have everything you need. But other communities, we live in and walk in and we breathe and we don't know what's going to happen from day to day. And I just want y'all to take this moment and this time to just think about what I'm saying. We're not placing the blame on anybody as black people. And yes, sometimes we could be our own worst enemies. But when a person don't have a hope and they don't feel value and they don't feel heard, they act out. They become they get they become angry. They become bitter. They become robbers. They become thieves. And this in this you find in every race, there is white people that rob and kill each other just as much as black people. There are Spanish people that do it. Murder comes in every situation. And when the people are deprived and don't have, this is the way they act as a result of that. It's just like being on a hamster wheel. You don't see a future. You don't see a hope. You don't see a way in getting out an education. And this is what causes us to be in a place where we become angry. We become bitter. And even if you are a kid that's been abused physically, emotionally, that adds another whole layer of who you are. And yes, I have seen <clears throat> the great times where <clears throat> you see people that have been abused and molested. They went on to do great things. They did the opposite of what the world said that they would. And for some reason, black females are supposed are said to be the lowest piece of human and who we walk with and who we talk with. And they don't need help because they're strong enough to get through any battles, any hurts, any rapes. And, and, and it's just ignorant to say that because women are women. And and no matter what race you are, if you've been hurt, you should have counseling. Counseling does help. And I'm in that field of counseling where I want to be able to give back in my community. I have a master's degree in counseling. And eventually, I'm getting ready to go forth and use that. I'm going to set up my own website, and I'm going to be able to start giving counseling. Some counseling will be free, but some will be for pay. And I always I, I always thought about after I had been hurt when I was a kid that I wanted to be able to help other kids to be able to maneuver so they could have a good life. Because your past don't dictate your future. And what you've been through doesn't matter for where you're going to. And I, I want this podcast and this time for people to understand that no matter what the situation is, you can rise above anything. You have it built in your DNA. It's already inside of you. God said that he would net, that he will provide for every need, that he would take care of you, that he would sustain you, that he would give you perfect peace if your mind stayed on him. So no matter what you go through here and what you go through with people, just know who you are and your worth. And if God says that he has you and if you know him or don't know him 
and the parting of your sins. I want you to get to know who Jesus Christ is and hear all the promises and the affirmations that he make about you in his word and how much he truly loves you and was willing to lay his life down just for you. So at the end of the day, if you want to know how to receive this Jesus Christ and Lord that I'm talking about, go to the book of John chapter 3 verse 15 and 16 and put your name there and ask the Father into your heart and into your life. And from that moment, you will have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, which is Jesus Christ, the living God, the Holy Spirit, your Father, the creator of heaven and earth. And it's just that this is a moment about dealing about our black history and situations that really, really, really weigh heavy on me when I see the unfair treatment of my people. Um, and sometimes we can have that mentality that I'm just going to do for me and my family. But at the end of the day, you belong to a human race where you should be stepping out of yourself and helping each and every person. Yes, my community that I speak of as African as an African American woman, I speak of is the the people that I'm around, the people that. Uh, I affect whether they be black, whether they be Spanish, whether they be white. And the first thing we say is we want to take care of our community. Yes, my first instinct used to be to take care of my own community and the African-American community. And then I had to realize and learn in myself that we are part of a human race. And the more we separate ourselves to just take care of our own, you know, it still brings that racial divide. And I don't want to have any divides because I have white people in my family. I have Spanish people in my family. I have black people in my family. I have Asian people in my family because me and my cousins and them, we were never taught to be racist people. My mother never taught us to be racist. She taught us to treat every human being the same. And I taught my girls the same thing. My girls had every race of kids in my house, parties, and I've never taught them to be racist. But I always taught them to be aware that you're a black, you're a black woman. I've always tried to instill it in my brothers. You're a black man at the end of the day, and they don't see you the same way that they see everybody else. So you have to be mindful in that. Not that you treat anybody different than how you would want your children or your family to be treated, but they, the, 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 the world makes it a difference. But I want you to know that you can have love, peace, and joy in any race. Your human race first. When you look at people as a human race, you don't have to worry about... Uh, and not all black people are violent and murderers and thieves and not that in any race so we don't we don't i don't want people walking around fearing us or grabbing a purse when they see us in a store or looking at us crazy and feeling like they could use the use just the those bad behaviors our behavior in our mindset you change your mind you change your life get to know people get to uncover the book open the book don't just assume that the book is bad because what you see on the outside. Assume the, work, the best about the book until otherwise stated. And then at the end of the day, you still have to remember that not all people are bad. Not all white people were just racist and slave drivers and slaves. Because in, the, in our community, the African-American community, there were white people there with Dr. King. They stood out there. They got hosed down. They got beat too. Not every woman and every man that was white was racist. So, and not every... And not every Asian person is racist. And I know that a lot a lot of times when it, we've known as African-Americans, when we went in stores, they watch us, they follow us when we come in the store. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
we have to know our worth and our value because that's a mind thing that can wear on you. Oh, they think I'm going to steal anyway, so I should do it. No, you going in, you pay for your goods, and you show them that you're not that person. And then in time, them same people that was watching you through the whole store, they ain't watching you no more. They get to know you. You get to know them. You never know what can happen when you just build community and relationships. And that's just what I wanted to talk about today, building community, knowing that in our African heritage that we have come a long way, but there is so much more that we can do as a people of every race and every color. And the things that we don't take care of now and the things that we stay quiet about that we should be sharing about and talking about, a silent voice and a person not speaking up for others, it's still, you still say something without saying a word. Because if you know it's injustice and you do nothing about it and you say nothing about it and you don't speak against it, you're just as bad as the problem. Because either you're the problem or you're the solution. And being quiet is not always the solution. That's just a word from me on today. Enjoy the rest of your day, loves. Have a good day. Let the Lord lead you and let the Lord guide your heart. And in all you're getting, get understanding and wisdom and know that you could be healed but scarred. Things may happen in your life that cause you to feel hurt and cause you to feel like you're hopeless. I'm here to tell you, God can heal your very heart. He can heal every emotion. He can heal every situation that you've ever been through. You may still remember at times the situation that caused you to get to this place of hurt, but I promise you, if you allow the Holy Spirit and you allow the Father to come in, He can heal you. You may still have the scars from it, but you can totally be fully healed and be used for God's purposes and what he's called you to this planet to be. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Good morning, good morning. It's your girl, Victoria Shaw, with Heal But Scarred. Oh, today it's going to get interesting, family. We're going to talk about baggage and what it does to us. The baggage, you know, when usually you're looking up a defined word for baggage, it's our personal belongings, something we're using to travel with, you know, something that we have that um, we take extra with us when we go on vacation, Um you know, we usually take it in our suitcases, but that's not the kind of baggage that I'm talking about today. The kind of baggage that I'm going to talk about today is past experiences or long-held ideas regarded as burdens and impediments, things that happened in our lives that could have caused us to get to a place where we carried some things with us that wasn't good, that was negative. Some of the things could be good, but most of the time when people have baggage, baggage weigh you down. Nobody wants to carry your luggage every single day of their life. You know, sometimes you want to put those things down. So we're going to talk about that today in Heal But Scarred. We're going to talk about baggage and what it does to our relationships, what it does to our friendships, what it does with our personal families, and just baggage, baggage in itself. I know um, for me, I carried a lot of baggage from years and years of neglect Um, from years and years of abuse and you know the first time you mention abuse or something like that the first thing people think about is rape molestation incest that type of thing and yes in my life I've experienced uh, 
a part about molestation from a family friend, somebody that um, was close to my family that touched me and he did things that a grown man shouldn't have done with a girl. And from that day up until now in my 40s, I never, I didn't share that with many people. I didn't share it when I was a kid. I didn't share it until I became a woman. Um, And oh, so much. I wish that I had shared it with my parents when I was a younger kid. I wish I had told a teacher. I wish I had shared it with someone. Um, Because that way I probably could have got the necessary help and counseling. I'm a firm advocate in the right counseling with the right person that would help you to get rid of some of that baggage and old hurt and old pains. So the baggage that we're going to talk about today is baggage of hurt and disappointment. Sometimes we put so much faith and trust in people that when they devastate us or they do something, whether it's a husband or a wife and the betrayal of um, infidelity or it's our children, we put so much time and efforts into their life, into their well-being, giving, working two and three jobs in some families where we're giving it all to make sure that our children have everything that they need that we didn't feel like we had as children. And I think a lot of times as parents, we fall into that place of just wanting to provide, but not thinking about the fact that our children would just want us there more. And ideal, that would be great to be able to be that at-home mom or that dad that gets to come home at a certain time from work every day and get to spend time with his family, get to spend weekends with him and making memories. Those are ideal situations, something so great. Um, But we're going to talk about baggage today. The baggage of having relationships, the baggage that we bring from one place to another, sometimes with family curses and situations that happen in our family, sometimes we get to a place where we have learned behaviors. We see our grandmother do certain things. We see our grandfathers do certain things. We see our mom live a certain lifestyle, the same as my grandmother or the same as my father. And then that those behaviors and those baggages pass on to you, whether good, bad, or indifferent. And what we have to be able to do once you become an adult, you have to learn processes in different situations for yourself. And it took me so many years to let go of so much hurt and anger and bitterness and rage and anger that I had inside of me for my parents and rage and anger I had in certain relationships and rage and anger that I had for myself that I felt like I should have been able to overcome. And be able to get rid of certain things that happened to me that I should have felt like at this time now, I should have been able to process and let it go. So I spent a lot of my time and a lot of years in my life sitting back, being angry, feeling like everybody else was better than me, feeling like I was never enough. And then from comments that were made, even as a kid, when I was around my aunts and when I wasn't around my mom and dad, they would make comments about my um, dress. If I tried to be dressed up, they told me I look like an old lady or I look like a teacher because I wanted to do the little sweater like I seen on the Cosby show. I, I like to do the little sweater with a little white collar at the top and have my sweater pulled over in a long skirt and some flat shoes. That was my idea of a woman in beauty like I seen at school and I was able to watch my teacher dress like that. And so I didn't want to be a part of the social norm with the girl with the Nikes and the short mini dress and the t-shirt. And I wound up succumbing to the peer pressure of being like everybody else when I was supposed to stand out and stand apart from everybody else. But I, I fell into the temptation of being like everybody else and being what they expected me to be at that given time as a teenager and falling to peer pressure. 
But at that moment in time, it was so many other opportunities that I had been afforded that was taken away from me because having a parent that had been abused as well when she was a kid, she didn't want her kids far from her. So she did everything she did to keep us. Like when you see that movie um, Fences and they and Denzel was using everything he had to build this fence to keep evil out. But sometimes as a parent, we build fences and we have baggage that we carry with us into our relationship with our children that sometimes we wind up building a wall and a fence that's so high that our kids are not able to come out of it and be better than we are and grow and not be afraid. But because as parents, sometimes we're afraid that our children experience the same thing our way goes into protective mode. Like for me, I went into protective mode over my daughters when they was growing up. I never wanted them to suffer abuse or molestation. So I kept them close. I didn't let them do night outs with their friends. I just always tried to keep them close to me. And I had, in that process, I thought about my mom and what she did. Her way of protecting me was I had the opportunity when I went to junior high school to be in a gifted program where I could have went away for months and months and sometimes for a year just to be able to go to be a a, um, actual lawyer. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was younger. So I, you know, I had the opportunity to do that. But because my mother's fear that I would go away and something might happen to me, she didn't allow that opportunity to happen. She didn't allow that situation to happen. So in the process of that, I wind up being in a position where I wind up staying back my classmates and a few of the other guys that was in the class with me, they went away and they wound up having really great careers and futures and went away, came back, you know, graduated, went to Ivy League schools. And so part of me was angry with her about that. And so when we children, sometimes we don't think about things, we act out. And then after going through that, I think that for me as a, a young woman, it would have been a great time for me to be able to go away because of being abused at 12. I feel like after that, I would have been in a better position to go away and learn something new, gain some new insight, but it didn't happen. So I wound up staying here and wind up going to high school, getting into a business high school. I wound up getting pregnant at 17, having my daughter at that time. And I felt like I lost so many opportunities because of my mom, because of her fear of me going away. And so it made me bitter. It made me angry. Now I'm getting to be her and live her life because she was a mom at the age of 13. She had three babies by the time she was 17, my sister and my brother, so, and myself. So I'm the oldest. So opportunities that happen, things that happened to her as a kid when she didn't get to graduate from high school or junior high school, having babies and everything that she sacrificed for us. I understand it now, but at the time I didn't understand it. So sometimes we take baggage from old things that happened to us and we bring it into our new relationships with our children new relationship with men and then seeing the relationship that she had with my dad it forced me to never want to really be married and that it forced me to never really want to be in a serious relationship with men because I've always seen men as liars and men people that would cheat and people that would say anything to get what they wanted from you so I grew up with that mentality and I always felt like if I was going to be doing something I'm going to have the power over it I'm going to be able to control the narrative and but I think every woman or every man, they fall into a situation where you're going to fall in love once. It may not be when you're younger, but eventually you're going to fall in love. And when you fall in love, you're going to get those hurts and you're going to get those pains and you're going to have situations that happen in your life that's not going to make you happy. But 
We have to get rid of the baggage. We have to let the healing process begin. We have to go forth and be able to let those old things go so we can have a new relationship, so it can be a new us and not hold people accountable and put them up on pedestals. And then when they fall from grace, we so quick to just dismiss them and get over them and move on from them. But they're a learning lesson. They're a teaching tool for us. And we have to be ready to be able to be taught, be learned, and be able to be in a position where we're able to know that we're not perfect and the people around us are not perfect so I say that to say we have to let the baggage go if you've been through abuse if you've been through hurt you've been through pain we I I, I implore you get counseling get the necessary help that you need walk upright it's it's possible that you know your your mess that you have always been in could be a message for something great your test can also be the testimony that you needed from where you came but where you're at now and we all have some hurts or disappointments in our life. And we all look for people to love and belong. And it's always awesome to be in a place where you could be healed, but you also could be scarred. But you can also be totally what you need to be and move on from a situation or circumstances that may have tried to shape your future and keep you bogged down in baggage and weighed down from past hurts and past disappointments. It's your girl. We're going to be doing our counseling soon. We're going to be offering that opportunity for one-on-one counseling. Um, It's just so awesome to be in a place where freedom happens and where I'm telling you the baggage that I've had 40 years ago at 48 years old, the baggage that I had when I was 20 years ago, is just an awesome place to get counseling, to learn, to counsel others that need help. It's just a blessing in disguise to be able to let it all go and move forward and the only way I was able to move forward and be healed was by letting the Lord Jesus Christ come into my life and have his way so I'm at that place where I'm a Christian I'm a believer I love the Lord and he has truly truly transformed my life for the best and now to know that I'm able to go out and counsel somebody to help them with what I've been through that's the greatest reward and the greatest blessing that I can ever tell you in my life So I'm grateful for the time that you allow me to take some of your time today just to talk about baggage. But we have to let baggage go and move forward so we can get to the greater thing and go forth from here and live your best life. Don't just exist. Live. Live with purpose. Be healed and you can have the scar, but don't let it keep you from going forth and where you need to go and who you are. Have a good day.